Welcome to the C-Store Oracle Podcast, where C-Store Decisions editors speak with retailers and experts about all aspects of the convenience store business, from trends impacting the retail landscape to best practices and acquisition news. I'm your host, Erin Del Conte, Executive Editor with C-Store Decisions. Today, we're speaking with John Matthews. John Matthews is the founder and president of Gray Cat Enterprises, Inc., a strategic planning, operations, and marketing services firm that specializes in helping businesses grow in the restaurant, convenience, and general retail industries. John brings more than 25 years of senior-level experience in retail. He is the former president of Jimmy John's. He previously served as the vice president of marketing corporate communications, merchandising, facilities, and real estate for Clark's Retail Enterprises, the parent company of Clark and White Hen Convenience Stores. He also served as the National Marketing Director for Little Caesars Pizza. He is the author of the book, Game-Changing Strategies for Retailers, which is available on Amazon. Hi, John. Thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Too bad we're not in person, but I get it. <laughs> this this will this will have to do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've heard you say that convenience store retailers they can control their professional outlook today to best position their business for tomorrow. So I was hoping you could tell our listeners a little bit more about you know how can retailers take control today to position themselves for the best possible outcome when COVID-19 is over and we all go back to normal? Well, that is some semblance of normality. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's probably the biggest point is that I think uh, folks have to embrace the new world. It, 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 I don't think we're going to go back to the way it was, much like, you know, 9-11, you know, the housing crisis and things along those lines. You know, there were profound changes uh, from those those items, you know, security at airports, you know, metal detectors at venues. Who would have thought that in the in the eighties and uh, nineties? And here, here it was, you know, and, and with the financial background checks and heightened uh, scrutiny of who gets loans after the housing crisis. You know, think this pandemic is far more reaching, and and I don't think we even know what the new normal is right now because we're in the midst of it. Um, it wasn't like a you know, an event like 9-11 that had a start and a stop. And I know there were lingering issues after that, but this is something that's going to, it's going to be months. One thing I I will tell you that will come out of this is safety. Safety is going to be one of the the tenets of new normality. Um, Much like if a restaurant had, you know, foodborne illness or something like that, customers are going to go, I'm not going to that restaurant. I mean, I just don't trust it. Sanitation, proper spacing for customers, you know, contactless customer interactions. These are givens in the new new world kind of going forward. And the bottom line, if, if employees don't feel safe, if customers don't feel safe, nothing else is going to matter at that point. You, you need to take care of that. So safety is going to be one of those things. I also think that management has to, they have to change with the new world. I mean, we've all been working remote for, you know, six or eight weeks my guess is that a lot of people, uh, they can't work remote any longer because they got kids at home, they got elderly parents at home. So how, how does management work through those issues? Um, and then what about the, the people that are afraid to come back to work? 
how do you contend with that? So I think there are some challenges there uh, when it relates to that. I think customer interfacing, um, you know, both how do you reach them? You know, maybe your old marketing and advertising strategies won't apply in the future. Maybe it has to be more social media. How do you manage that kind of as they come into your store? And then I, I do think management's going to have to take a deep look at who they are as a company and, and their strategic planning. I, I guarantee you there wasn't a single company that had pandemic in their 2020 strategic plan. So how, how do we deal with that? The last thing I would say is, you know, there's going to be a macro fallout that we should be cognizant of. You know, there's, there's over a million restaurants in the United States. I think it's 1.1 million restaurants. You know, 10, 15, 20, I've seen estimates of possibly 50% of those restaurants going away. I don't think it's going to be that high, but I do think 10 to 15 to 20% are going to go away. So if I'm a C-store operator that has a pretty decent food service operation, or I'm not in the food service, here's the opportunity for you. How do you go in and grab sheriff's stomach, if you want to think of from that perspective? But it's going to have to be done in, in a delivery, a drive-through, a pickup kind of fashion. The other thing that I would, from a macro standpoint, just keep your eye on is people living in cities. Are they going to say, wow, I don't know if I want to be this close to folks. God knows when the next, next pandemic is going to be. So do people start to maybe migrate out of, of cities more so than, than perhaps they have? I know this, this seems like over the course of the last 50 to 100 years has changed. People go from the suburbs, they move into the cities, they get tired of the expense of the cities, they move out to the suburbs and so on and so forth. How does that impact convenience stores? Well, if you're running a convenience store in the suburbs and you got more and more people coming out of the city, do you have to change your product mix? Do you become more of a grocerette for those folks as opposed to just kind of the quick convenience? Because those folks are used to, you know, buying groceries on a daily basis or every other day type of thing. So a lot of changes in the, in the world. Uh, we're in the midst of it. Who knows where it's going to end up? But those are the things that I'm keeping my eye on. Lots of changes. Great. And, uh, you know, let's let's break all that down into a little bit of smaller pieces if we can. A lot to think about here. Um, let's take the, the financial step. So when it comes to the, the financial step for businesses, what are some, some concrete things that convenience store retailers need to keep in mind? That's, that's a great thing that you can do right now. Uh, you know, I know from a revenue standpoint, it's probably a little bit more difficult to manage today in the short term. In the, in the short term, though, expenses can be managed. Um, and, and what I would, I would recommend is if you haven't done this, is you go through your P&L line by line. There's nothing sexy there. It's just a methodical line by line. What can we change here? What are the opportunities? I did this for my own business, and I know I'm much smaller than multi-unit convenience store operators out there. But I did this for my own business, and I did it for my own personal finances. You know, I took advantage of lower rates and refinanced. I did a few things like that. When, when things will pick up in the future, I'm going to be in a better position financially because of that expense management. So, you know, rethink perhaps business travel. You know, we're all using Zoom. We're all using Microsoft Teams now. The world hasn't stopped spinning. Maybe there's an alternative. Maybe you can cut 20% of your business travel. Maybe you right-size your operation from people and benefits due to those shifts in the way that you're going to manage your business. You may want to take a look at your office. Uh, again, a lot of people are working from home. 
I read last week that um, employers can save 11,000 or it cost employers 11,000 per employee per year to have an office. So if you have, you know, 50 employees, it may be costing you a half million dollars. If you can get 25 of them to work out of the office and you can reduce your footprint, you may find yourself saving 100,000, 200, thousand dollars right there just because you're you're managing it differently you know store expenses from phone lines and trash uh, containers this is one of my biggest things is that we we throw a trash container out in the back of a store and we never look at do we have the right size do we have the right number of pickups maybe we could reduce our pickups from three a week to two a week or from two a week to one a week maybe we go from a an eight cubic yard to a four cubic yard I'll tell you, all that little stuff just, just adds to your bottom line and, and gives you some, um, some flexibility. The other thing that you want to consider is, you know, your capital and how you're going to spend your money. Um, new store design, you're going to have to design it in a way that kind of treats the customer the way the customer is going to be in the future as opposed to the way they have been in the past. So how, how does store design come into play? How do you invest in automation or how much do you invest in automation? Communication technology, rather than have a bunch of people come to an office and have a meeting, do you invest in, you know, better communication that allow you to do Zoom meetings and Microsoft meetings and things along those lines. So I think those are some of the things that you can do today from an expense standpoint. From a revenue standpoint, this is one thing that, you know, if I've learned anything from this whole pandemic, is that, man, there are a lot of conflicting messaging out there on what, what is going on Isn't in the world. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, you know, black, white, green. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's totally conflicting. My guess is that a lot of customers are confused whether you're even open or not. And have you curtailed some of your business? Have you changed hours? Have you, does the customer even know that you're open? I, in North Carolina, where I'm based in, in Raleigh, we, our rules change on Friday, on, on May the 8th, because we have uh, part of the state is opening up. Well, that changes all the rules for everyone who's a customer. What's open? Can I go get my hair cut, which is really long right now? Can I go do certain things or, or not? I, you know, as a customer, it's hard to keep track of all that. So you need to communicate with, you know, for the folks that are driving around, pass by signage, social, social media messaging, one-on-one -on -one communication, you know, texting customers, doing whatever, over, over, over communicate to your customers to let them know um, that you're open. The other thing is um, from, a, from a takeout and delivery standpoint, um, are you uh, embracing that if you have food service? And are you embracing that to extend actually to other uh, convenience products as well? And I'll just give you my own personal thought on it is I've probably called or gone in for carry out to probably a half dozen restaurants and convenience stores in the last six or seven weeks. And I'm shocked that even though they have my phone number because I've called in or I've gone online and ordered, not once have they proactively reached out to me and said, Mr. Matthews, we got a great special. Would you like to come in next week? To me, that's a missed opportunity. You have my information. You know that I've already made it to your store and I want food, yet no one is proactively trying to chase those dollars, at least in, in my case. So I think that's an opportunity that if you just reached out to folks and you over-communicate that we're open, we're viable, we have business, I think that's how you can take care of some of your short-term revenue um, the shortfalls that uh, you can address. 
Great. Lots of really great advice for our listeners on the expense and, and the revenue standpoints. You know, what else can convenience store retailers be doing right now to thrive as they prepare to, to move forward through this? Well, I, I think from a, a standpoint, the way I'm using my business from a networking standpoint, I think convenience retailers can expand their networks for, for future reference. I think they can try to figure out who are what I call the tippers in their neighborhoods, the people that have a lot of people following them, that if you convince them, they're going to convince their entire brethren that follow them. You know, how do you reach out to those folks? And then the crazy thing is, you know, six months ago, if you were to reach out to some of these folks and say, hey, can we have a cup of coffee uh, to talk about this? People probably would have turned you down because they don't have time. Today, you can do it virtually. You can carve out 15 minutes and trust me, the person that's sitting at home like me, I'm more than willing to talk to someone new besides looking at my, my cat or something like that. Um, you know, I'd talk to someone for 15 minutes. It's totally acceptable now. I can honestly tell you, I've probably had 20 to 30 very productive phone calls with business owners and or private equity firms um, in the last three to four weeks. And it's because I know these folks are at home and I'm using LinkedIn to go out there and prospect and talk about opportunities and, and get a good understanding. I think in using the time wisely today, I think clear your desk. All those things that you always say, I don't have time to get to, now is the time to get those out of, out of the way. You know, in my case, I have three books now up on Amazon that I was able to retool and get them up on Amazon. I've updated a number of speeches that I give in the industry and outside of the industry. You know, and like I mentioned, I've, I've networked a lot to, to methodically kind of prospect uh, for the future. I think the other thing, and I know everyone's in triage mode right now. I get it, I totally understand. You can't lose sight of the fact that the world is going to change and you better start thinking about your strategic planning today as opposed to when the world changes. So have a three-month plan, have a one-year plan, start thinking about a three-year plan. You know, have multiple plans instead of, you know, waiting for something to happen. So for instance, you know, right now fuel volume, it's down about 40, 50% in the industry. What happens if it only comes back to 80%? What does is, what is our world look like? What happens if it comes back to 90%? What happens if it comes back to 100? Does everything go back to normal? So I would have a strategic plan that had kind of multiple paths that you could say, all right, if this happens, we're gonna go in this direction. And I would start building that today as opposed to waiting um, until you realize that it may be too late, that, what happened to our fuel volume? It's, we're at 20%, you know, down over year over year and it hasn't come back. And I thought Q3 was going to be the savior for all of us. The other thing that I would think about too is, is almost doing a grand reopening. Um, you know, from a customer interaction standpoint, think about it. The rules of engagement are going to change. You know, safety is going to be paramount. You're going to have a lot of people that you're going to have to communicate through either one-on-one, -on -one, through social media, going out and shaking hands is going to be a little bit more difficult uh, to, to generate business. You're going to have to have a mobile strategy and mobile meaning not only the, the app or what have you, but also how do you get people to your store and get your products or how do you get your products to those, those people? 
So it's almost going to be like a complete re-education of how you can use us, the store, as your supplier of the goods that you want. And it's going to be different than the way it was two years ago, 10 years ago. So think of, I would think about it like a grand reopening. Like we're back in business. This is how you take care of it. Lots of opportunities for sure yeah. in, in all of this. Um, so one of the things you were talking about was, you know, using the time to build your network. You gave some examples of, of how you were doing that. Can you share some best practices for convenience store owners about, you know, how they can build their network during COVID-19? What are some other things they can do to really, to really do that? Yeah, and I think the best thing is, you know, on link, I go to LinkedIn. To me, that's like the, you know, the, the end all be all as far as that is concerned. There are a number of groups they can join that they can meet like folks, people like I know there's uh, a gas uh, station group out there. I know convenience store decisions has a, as a group out there. They can join those groups and, and meet not only there's going to be convenience store operators in there, but there's going to be suppliers in there. There's going to be outside strategic people and what have you uh, in those. I think they can also uh, prospect via a geography around their particular units. You can search, you, know, you can come up with search functions that allow you to look at all the key contacts within 50 to 100 miles of your locations. You can go, I only want to see the presidents. And then you can actively reach out to those folks and say, I want to set up a, a virtual meeting with you. I've said this in some of my manuals, local store marketing manuals that I have. I always said, if you could go out and meet two new people that are influencers every month, that's not a huge undertaking. But at the end of the year, you know 25 very important people in your trade area. And if you continue to do that each and every year, you're going to be the guy that knows everybody. And who do you think they're going to think of when they want to have a big party and they, they know that you can supply donuts and coffee and sandwiches and pizza and chicken and what have you? They're going to want to help one of their buddies. And, and so it gives you an opportunity to kind of develop that network um, that goes beyond advertising everything. It's relationship building. Great. And, you know, to, to kind of conclude here, what are some, some other steps that you see that convenience store retailers can take now to best position themselves for tomorrow? Well, again, I, I go back to over-communication with, with your customer. Make sure your customers know that you're still alive, you're still viable, you're still out there, and this is how you can interact with us. Because there is, I, the rules are changing. Like, I guess it, when you go to Costco now, you gotta wear a mask. Well, you don't have to wear a mask in other places. So the rules are very difficult for customers to remember how they can interact with companies. And so the more confused they are, the more likely they're just going to say, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to go in there. So I think that's probably my overarching thing is you're, there's got to be a complete over communication to customers so they truly know what to expect when they come to your store and that they feel safe when they come to their store to buy your products. Great advice. And John, is there a website or a Twitter handle where listeners can contact you for more information? Probably, yes. My website is graycatenterprises.com. That's G-R-A-Y, catenterprises.com. It's got all my information on there. The other way to get in touch with me is through LinkedIn. So if you just go in and search for John Matthews at Gray Cat Enterprises, I'll pop up and feel free to connect with me. Um, that's, that's 
where I have most of my engagements with, uh, with all of my network are through LinkedIn. Well, wonderful. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. All right. My pleasure, Aaron. Thank you. You've been listening to the C-Store Oracle Podcast. For more podcasts, visit cstoredecisions.com or follow me on Twitter at cstoreD underscore Aaron. That's cstoreD underscore E-R-I-N.